In John 15, 8, Jesus said to his followers, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So the big question is, how do we become true disciples of Jesus Christ who produce much fruit and bring great glory to the Father? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rod Nichols, and welcome to the True Disciple Podcast. Welcome to True Disciple number 23. This is Rod Nichols saying thanks for continuing on the True Disciple journey. I hope that you're doing two things. First, that you're putting what you're learning into practice in your life. And second, that you're spreading the word to other Christians about the True Disciple site in these messages. Also, if you aren't receiving our email updates, please go to the True Disciple site at www.truedisciple.info and click on the red starburst labeled email list to subscribe. This week, we're going to be discussing how to honor the Lord because true disciples always seek to honor God. In the last part of 1 Samuel 2.30, God says, But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me, those who honor me I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained. Those who honor God will be honored, and those who don't will be disdained. Now, disdain means to look upon or treat with contempt. And I don't know about you, but I don't want God looking upon me or treating me with contempt. So if there were no other reasons, that would be a good reason to honor God. You know, there's many ways to honor God, and today I'm going to talk about a couple of them. Honoring God with your wealth and with your body. Proverbs 3, 9-10 through 10 teaches us, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. The first way that we're to honor the Lord is with our money. Now this tends to be the most difficult area for Christians, as only a small percentage of those who claim to be Christians tithe and give. And yet we see here that if we honor the Lord by giving the first and the best, He will provide overflowing finances. And who doesn't want that? In the area of money or wealth, we're to honor the Lord with the first, which is our tithe. That's the first 10% of our gross income. Now, our gross income is what we earn before the taxes and the 401k and the insurance and all those kinds of things are taken out, because that's the total amount that uh, we're being paid. Now, according to Malachi 3.10, we're to bring the whole tithe, all 10%, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. In the days when the scriptures were written, people brought in the firstborn of their animals and the first of their crops, and they actually had a storehouse attached to the temple. These donations provided food for the priests and for the poor. Now today, we don't bring animals and crops in, (laughs) thank God. Um, We bring money into the church, and we place it in the offering. And it's used to take care of the pastors, the staff, the expenses of the church, and the poor. Now if we continue on in Malachi 3, uh, 10 through 12, we see that there are some awesome promises about tithing. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. 
Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, first of all, this is the only place that I have found in the entire Bible where God gives us the opportunity to test him in something. And uh, so I encourage you, uh, because he has encouraged us, to test him in this. Now, if we honor the Lord by tithing first, it says that he will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you won't have room enough to store it. Wow! That's, a, that's amazing to me. You know, many years ago I was meditating on this verse and God reminded me that these are the same floodgates that he used to flood the world in the days of Noah. Now that's a whole lot of blessing right there. Now second, when we tithe, it says that God is going to protect the other 90% from the attacks of the enemy, which would be Satan or the devil. So what's going to happen is your 90% will actually go further than the 100% would have if you weren't tithing. Third, it says that when you tithe, people will see God's blessing on your life and call you blessed, which then gives us the opportunity to magnify and glorify God and lead more people to Christ. Now the second way that we honor the Lord with our wealth is through offerings. This is what we give above and beyond the tithe. And it can be given at your church. It can be given to uh, different ministries or to nonprofit organizations that are serving the homeless and the poor and youth and things like that. So this is a different situation. The tithe is supposed to go to the storehouse, to the place uh, where you are being fed the Word of God. And the offering, it can be given wherever you feel led to give it. In Luke 6.38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So as we saw with the tithe, when we give our offerings, we also see an overflowing financial response from the Lord according to what we give. Now, he doesn't give 100% to 100%. In other words, if you give $100, he doesn't give you $100. Sometimes he might give you $1,000. Sometimes he might give you $120. Sometimes he might give you $100. <laughs> Sometimes that response, it comes in different ways. It, it doesn't come directly in the form of money, but it may come in the form of a, a better deal on a car you're buying or better... Uh, interest rate on the house or a better situation in your finances, some debt relief or something along that lines. Now we're also taught to honor the Lord with our body. This is the second way that we honor the Lord that we're going to talk about here today. In 1 Corinthians 6.20, the Apostle Paul teaches us, For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Now glorify is the same as honor. We are to honor the Lord with our bodies. So what does this mean? Well, first it means to take care of your body by eating healthy and exercising and 
you know, just taking care of yourself so that you're not sick all the time, you're not, you're not getting a disease and dying early so that God can't fulfill all that he wants to fulfill in your life. Second, we're to stay away from sinful activities, things that would not be honoring to the Lord, things like lying and stealing, gossiping, cheating, adultery, coveting, uh, many, many things that the Bible talks about. And third, we're to honor the Lord with our thinking. And this is where I want to go here for a moment. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I think we have a tendency to be thinking about worldly types of things. And we, we worry and we fret and we get concerned about things. And, and that's not honoring to the Lord. In fact, actually, it's doubting Him. Honoring the Lord with your body starts in His Word. This is how we begin to change our thinking. Because we begin to put the right kind of thinking into our mind versus the worldly type of thinking. Because when you study the Scripture, we keep from conforming to the ways of the world and we begin to transform or renew our minds in a spiritual way. So you see, when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, your spirit was renewed, but your mind and flesh were not. In fact, your mind and your flesh are still naturally connected to this world. And so there will be a daily war between your mind and your flesh and the spirit. However, as you begin to renew your mind in the Word of God, it will bring it in sync with the spirit. And your body, the flesh, always follows your mind. So that allows you to begin to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, as it says in Galatians 5.16. Most Christians don't honor God in this way. They spend more time watching television, looking at Facebook, social media, texting, talking to people on the phone, than studying the Word of God and renewing their minds. However, true disciples always honor God by investing time in God's Word every day. Not just reading, but studying it, praying over it, meditating in it, asking God to reveal things from the scripture that will impact their lives. So how about you? How much time per day are you investing into honoring God by reading his word? In your pursuit of becoming a true disciple of Jesus, it's critical to develop a lifestyle that honors God. Honor him with your money through your tithes and offerings. Then honor him with your body by becoming a lover of his word. If you honor the Lord, he will honor you. Well, that's it for message number 23. I look forward to our next time together as we venture forward to becoming true disciples of Jesus Christ.